guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Sleeping Knots podcast. How's your week been? I'm, I got nothing new to report. <laughs> nothing new, that is, except this week's story. Now, um, I have been listening to the book by Cassie David um, that she wrote called No One Asked for This. Uh, it's really good if you're looking for something that's a little, um, I don't know. Anyway, so I've been listening to that because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, and it's so good. It's so good. But she's talking a lot about Pete Davidson. Now, I'm a huge Pete Davidson fan anyway. Um, and so, of course, she dated him and he broke up with her and there's stuff with it, stuff with him in the book. And that made me think that he might be a really good fit for this week's episode. That and also Meg reached out and was like, are you ever going to do a Pete Davidson episode? And I was like, you know what? This week's the week. All things, all synchronicities have come together, and it's just the perfect time for it. So, if you're ready to relax and lean into this week's story, let's get settled. All right, find a safe, comfortable spot to lay down or settle in. Take a deep breath and prepare to lose yourself in this week's silly sleep story called Pete Davidson Helps a Friend. When Pete Davidson answered his phone that Thursday afternoon, he was surprised to hear the frantic voice of his best friend, Jared. Pete, you gotta help me, bro. What's wrong? Pete Davidson asked with concern. I got arrested. I need you to go to my place and take care of something. Dude, the cops monitor these phone calls. Nah, this is a line to call a lawyer, so it's not monitored. I need you to go and wipe the hard drive on my computer. I'm serious, the cops can't get a hold of it, man. I'll be fucked. Pete Davidson contemplated the request. What had his best friend done? If it was something like child porn, then Jared belonged in jail. But if it was something stupid, like using LimeWire to steal music, then it was something that he would be mm, okay with erasing evidence of. It's not anything bad, is it, Jared? It's not like child porn or anything, is it? Fuck no, dude. If you want the truth, I catfished a guy and blackmailed some money out of him and some season tickets to Lakers games. It's not a big deal. It's nothing crazy. After a long pause, he decided that if the tables were turned, that he would want Jared to do the same thing for him. Okay, Jared, I'll take care of it. Aw, thanks, Petey. I owe you huge. Look, don't bother looking at the computer. Just take it and just toss it in the bathtub and smash it with a hammer. Then fill the tub with water, okay? Like, really get rid of it. Oh, and also, can you call me a lawyer, you know, because I used my lawyer call to call you, and I, I still need a lawyer. All right, all right, all right, man. I got it. I'll do the hard drive thing first, and then I'll call a lawyer for you. Pete Davidson hung up the phone, grabbed his keys, and headed to Jared's house. When he got there, he was surprised to find the place in shambles. I mean, it had been a few weeks since he had seen Jared, but how would he let his place completely fall apart? There were greasy, empty pizza boxes everywhere, dirty clothes on the floor, empty 40 bottles, and blunt wrappers everywhere. As soon as he hit the kitchen, the smell of sour milk and cat shit stung his nostrils. He choked on the acrid stench cloud hanging in the air. Pete Davidson made his way down the cluttered hallway to Jared's office, and there, sitting in the computer chair, was Jared's cat, Ernie. He always thought that Ernie was a weird-ass name for a cat, but he had named his own gerbil Benedict, so who was he to judge? Ernie jumped up at the sight of him and sulked as he slinked into the hallway, ejected from the office. 
What an asshole, Pete Davidson thought as the cat shook its tail and disgusting pink butthole at him. Ugh, why are cats so gross? He sat down at Jared's computer and was greeted with an unlock screen asking for a password. Now, he knew that Jared had told him just to destroy the hard drive and to be done with it, but what Pete Davidson, he couldn't help himself. He was curious what Jared had to use to blackmail this person that he was in jail for harassing. Jared and Pete had been best friends for the past five years, but how was he supposed to know what Jared's password was? The first thing that came to mind was the stupid cat's name. So he typed it in and was greeted with an incorrect password message. Three tries remained until the computer would be locked up and Pete Davidson would never know what his friend was trying so hard to hide from the police. He knew that he should just unplug the damn thing and be done with it, but he couldn't. It was a mystery. He really wanted to know what Jared was so afraid of being found. So he tried the second thing that he could think of that the password might be. Jared's screen name for when they played Call of Duty, Captain Taint 420. He typed that in and again was greeted with a lock screen and only two more tries were He tried Jared's birthday, but with only a single try left, he was still locked out when he thought he might try his own birthday. He quickly typed in the numbers and boom, the computer unlocked. That's weird, he thought, but he shrugged it off. As he took in Jared's desktop photo, a photo of Casey Anthony smirking while in a courtroom, he was struck with the thought that maybe there were some things in this world that were better not knowing, but he was in too deep now. Ernie meowed loudly from the other room, and he told himself not to forget to feed the stupid cat before he left. He scanned through the different files, but saw nothing that would be particularly incriminating. Just as he was about to quit, he spotted it. File named Petey. His heart stopped. Why does Jared have a file with his name on it? There was no stopping now. He clicked on the little blue folder, and when it opened, Pete Davidson thought his head might explode. He was greeted with hundreds, hundreds of photos of himself. Not pictures that the two of them had taken together or fun memories. No, they were all photoshopped pictures of Pete Davidson's head on other people's bodies. Which, in and of itself, is not that weird, but it's what he appeared to be doing in the photos that was so upsetting. In one, his head was on Pikachu's body, while Pikachu was seemingly ejaculating on Jody Arias's breasts. His head photoshopped onto Roseanne Barr's body while she sang the national anthem. His head photoshopped inside a toilet bowl with the words, Deposit Loads Here, typed in a hacky, meme-style font. What the fuck? How did Jared have time to do all of this? Didn't he have a job? But the more he looked, the worse it got. Pete Davidson photoshopped, standing at the gates of Auschwitz with a smile and, like, giving a thumbs up. Him standing and pointing and laughing at the Oklahoma City bombing site. Him apparently trying to eat a live baby sheep. Him inserting a long and spiked dildo into Nancy Pelosi's mouth. What the fuck? Why would anyone do something like, like this? Let alone someone who was supposed to be his best friend. It was then he spotted a document. And when he clicked to open it, it was titled, How I Became Q of QAnon by Pete Davidson. The document was a type of 
crazy manifesto that outlined clearly how Pete Davidson had infiltrated the far right and created a terrorist organization of radicalized internet trolls and led them to storm the Capitol. His blood ran cold. Granted, all of this was so far-fetched and poorly photoshopped that no one in their right mind with any basic knowledge of digital forensics would believe that these were real. They were bullshit, but why on earth would Jared do this in the first place? Like, why? He scooted the chair back and away from the madness, and as he did, he rubbed his eyes. He knew there were only two things that made any sense for him to spend all the time making these. Either Jared was preparing to catfish and or blackmail him, or he was using them for his own pleasure. And if that second one is true, then it means that Jared was masturbating to Pikachu Pete Davidson. And there were so many things wrong with either of these possibilities, it was sickening. And that's when Pete Davidson got mad. And not just a little mad, he got really fucking mad. He had loaned Jared money, he had rubbed his calves when Jared got leg cramps while they were jogging, he promised Jared's mom that he would give the eulogy at her funeral. Worst of all, he had let Jared use his fucking toothbrush once. That's a sacred trust between two people. When you share a toothbrush, that can't be undone. Who the fuck was this person? He unplugged the hard drive and resolved that he was going to take it to the police. Fuck this guy. Jared was exactly where he belonged. If this is the kind of piece of shit that he truly was, better for Pete Davidson to find that out now. On his way out the door, he kicked Ernie hard and peed on Jared's couch because fuck that guy and fuck his weird cat. 20 minutes later, he walked into the police station where Jared was being held and handed the hard drive over to the detective in charge of Jared's case. Here, you can have this. I'm sure that everything you need to convict him of catfishing or whatever he's been doing is on this hard drive, Pete Davidson said. Catfishing? Do you know what your buddy did? Did he say catfishing? He stole Zac Efron's identity online and then cyberbullied some poor lonely guy into killing himself. As soon as Pete Davidson heard that, he knew he had done the right thing. And he had no second thoughts about leaving Jared to rot in jail. Although he did regret not downloading a few of the pictures to keep for himself because, I mean, let's be real. The Pikachu picture, that's, that's I mean, it's pretty cool. The end. So that's it for this week. I'm excited spring is here the sun is out and normally I reject the sun as much as possible and when we went to the beach last week two weeks ago whatever it was everyone looked at me strangely because I have this I mean I call it my parasol because come on that's what it is it's this UV protectant umbrella that I got when my youngest child was born because he was so fair-skinned and so sensitive to the sun because it turns out being allergic to the sun is a thing that like legit exists in my family my mom has it I have a little bit I mean I'm not allergic to it enough to like it's not it's not as dramatic as it sounds you just get like itchy spots it's not a big deal um but because my little one was so sensitive to the sun I have this parasol and so now I take it with me everywhere so I don't have to like squint or wear sunglasses or hat or anything and so I was just on the Oregon coast, on the beach, kicking my feet in the frigid ocean with my parasol. And people 
were looking at me like I was crazy because it's not like I was in Bermuda or someplace where it was actually warm. But that's okay. So if you see a weird girl with a parasol, that is probably me at the beach rejecting the sunshine. Um, I mean, I enjoy the sunshine in general as long as I'm inside like a nice air-conditioned space and not being subjected to it directly, which uh, I know is so in keeping with my my brand that's so on brand for me let's just say but anyway go ahead and um I haven't posted anything on TikTok or anything in a while um because I just I just don't have anything to post and people are so mean in the comments <laughs> they're like they're so mean and I know that's the thing that's like TikTok's thing but I don't really feel like being called ugly or crazy or stupid you know this week and so I'm unlike some people that I follow. I don't just put out content for content's sake because, okay, okay, let me back up. Let me back up. Short story. I listened to Holly Madison's book. Now, if you don't know who Holly Madison is, she became famous in the early 2000s for being one the number one girlfriend of Hugh Hefner's. And she lived at the Playboy Mansion and she, um, she was on the reality show, The Girls Next Door. Anyway, her whole thing, and I follow her on Instagram, um and stuff and she posts constantly always pictures constantly and after listening to her book it actually made a lot more sense now her book oh sorry thank god she had a ghostwriter to actually like clean it up to what it was because it's kind of it's trash it's I mean, it's real bad it's i mean the content is fine her writing style is not great but you know i'm sure people say that about me but anyway um, so I'm listening to it and she's talking about how when she leaves the Playboy Mansion and she leaves Hugh Hefner, she has to stay relevant by, you know, and so she got this show in Las Vegas, which I remember being in Las Vegas when her show was going on. And, um, there were, there were billboards everywhere advertising it and stuff. And so anyway, she was talking about how she has to like constantly be thinking two or three steps ahead for her career to like stay relevant with whatever's going on and stay in the public spotlight. And, and I realized that the beauty of my life and my career is that I'm, I'm not in that position where I have to constantly churn out content. I mean, yeah, my weekly podcast, that's content, but that's, that's not the same as posting 15 times a day on Instagram. So on that note, I hope that my rambling put you to sleep and, uh, until next week, I hope you sleep well.